The Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is presented by GEICO. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and auto insurance. Go to GEICO.com today. Fantasy, you're in the whole 6010. Focus. Fantasy. Fantasy. Focus. Happy Monday. Welcome to the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast. Field and Matthew hanging out with you, recapping all but one game from week eight as we still have Monday Night Football between. The Dolphins and the Pittsburgh Steelers, which we'll rec- recap tomorrow. But we do have some news tied to the Dolphins. We were just about to do a show, and then Adam Schefter tweeted a trade. So rather than goofing around, should we just get right into it, Daniel? Let's I just, think we do. Let's okay. just get right into Let's just it. Just get right into it. Let's talk about the trade that just went down moments ago, Matthew. The Arizona Cardinals, who were down both Chase Edmonds and David Johnson. Edmonds left the game yesterday. Johnson was inactive. They play <laughs> well, on Thursday yeah. night. Have acquired... Kenyon Drake from the Miami Dolphins in exchange for a 2020 draft pick. Don't know specifically which pick it was, but the Dolphins... Conditional. A conditional 2020 draft well, pick we'll, is we what don't was reported right, right We don't know yeah. beyond what the, you know, what the conditions are that will lead it to be, for example, a fourth or a third round draft pick. But Miami parts ways with uh, Drake, which was forecasted yesterday when he did not travel with the team uh, to Pittsburgh for their game tonight. Your initial reaction to what it means for Kenyon Drake and the Cardinals. Uh, listen, I think it's an improvement for Kenyon Drake's fantasy value just because he's going to a better team. He's going to a better offense, you know, and uh, I don't think the Cardinals make this trade unless they have a real need. I mean, this is a team that is still rebuilding, that still, you know, needs as many draft picks as he can get. So what this tells me is, is that either David Johnson or Chase Edmonds is a lot more hurt than we think. And my expectation is, is that significantly hurts one of their values, right? I mean, obviously that like, I think the expectation, at least me was thinking like, ah, well, you know what? So Dave, I get it. Thursday night game. He's probably going to miss the next game, but David Johnson probably be back after that. Maybe not. We just don't know. I, I mean, I'm, this is pure speculation. I've got no idea. So maybe either Chase Edmonds, who left yesterday's game with a hamstring injury field, or David Johnson, who's dealing with that ankle injury, maybe one of them is much more hurt than we're aware of at the moment. So that's what that tells me. Because, I mean, they also, you know, they signed Zach Zenner and Alfred Morris. So we were, it was clear that they felt they had some running back depth issues. And so they add a valuable piece, a talented piece in Kenyon Drake. Yep. So, <clears throat> so number one is, is that, and if that's not the case, that it just, it, it's more of a committee. David Johnson's still going to get all his, right? Sure. If David Johnson's there healthy. So it, it hurts, I think, Chase Edmonds the most of anyone. Um, so let's talk about this in terms of, of Arizona. Having said that, the fact that he's a talented pass catcher is helpful, I think, to his fantasy value, right? Especially in this offense, because think a look at the, look at the upcoming schedule for the Arizona Cardinals, right? I'm looking. They play San Francisco this Thursday night. Yep. Then they're at Tampa Bay. Remember, the Buccaneers allow a league low 68 rushing yards per game, under three yards per carry, just contained Derrick Henry. Then they've got a bye. Um, I'm sorry, I take that back. Then they're at San Francisco again, and then a bye. That's the next, that's their next four weeks. San Francisco at Tampa Bay, at San Francisco again, then a bye week. Like, you don't love any running back in that schedule for the next four weeks. It doesn't matter if you're Kenyon Drake on three days of practice or if you're Christian McCaffrey. Right. Or David Johnson. I mean, right. Right. Exactly. Huh? You might love Christian McCaffrey. I'm correcting myself. Yeah, I was going to say. But, like, so Kenyon Drake should get a significant workload on Thursday night because there's clearly a chance that Chase Edmonds misses this game, and we already know that David Johnson's expected to miss it. 
And so you've got some sort of three-headed committee of Zach Zenner, Kenyon Drake, and of course, my boy, Alfred Morris. So, uh, so that's my, my sort of takeaway is that it's an uptick in value for Kenyon Drake because yep. he's going to a better offense. And that there should be that at worst he's in a committee, which is what he was in Miami, but at least on an offense it's going to be more productive and, and more skilled and get him more pass catching. Having said that, I don't think it's as like I think we were looking at could he go to Philadelphia? Could he go to Detroit? You know, were some of the other places that he'd been rumored to be going to where I think it would have been a real home run. And I think this is sort of a, a double. It's really interesting because my initial reaction is a lot in line with what you said. So put fantasy aside just for a second here. The Arizona Cardinals are three, four, and one now. Three, yep. four, and one, and they're staring yeah. down realistically, Matthew. And maybe the team is not. Maybe their mindset is different. But they winning on Thursday night, in your opinion? I do not believe they will right, so against probably, the San Francisco Forty Nine. Five and one, probably right. three, five and one. Nine yeah. games into the season, right? Is that real? so? Would you make this move if you didn't have significant fears about David Johnson and Chase Edmonds? Like, if he's back, let's just say either of them is expected back within two weeks. Does it seem logical that you would want to acquire? Put it this way. If David Johnson was expected back in two weeks, do you think you'd want to trade? Like, I'm going to guess, and this is just a guess here, that it's a fourth-round pick that could become a third-round pick based off uh, maybe number of games played by Kenyon Drake or something along those lines. Would you want to trade a mid-round pick for a guy that is probably going to be your backup in a couple of weeks? Maybe it's a long-range play. Maybe the idea here is that we're we're signing him and then we're going to and we're trading for him. And then we're going to extend him beyond this. Look, here, which is possible, which but is I mean, entirely also, possible. I mean, ultimately, it's always hard to know kind of the mindset of of football teams and the way we look at it. And I think we look at it somewhat logically. May not be how you know a team is looking at it. Like, I mean, just completely aside for one second, somebody just tweeted like the Redskins are not being sellers at the trade deadline. They've been adamant about that. They're one and seven. They're an awful franchise. They have a they have but a bottom the exception. Fo- like no, the but I'm just but I'm just saying stuff, like right? they are. Yeah. But I'm just saying like there's an example of an NFL team that absolutely has a completely different evaluation of their roster than I think most other people observing it. No question. So so the Cardinals may feel you and I are like look Sometimes you guys are you guys right? are probably three and five. Best case scenario over the next three weeks is maybe you beat Tampa, but you're probably losing to San Francisco in the next three weeks. So you know you're probably. At best, you're four, six, and one. Correct. Uh, you know, heading into your bye. Right. And so that's how we view it, but they may not view it that way. And so, and also, by the way, it's still a team that has holes in terms of the depth of talent on that team. And so Kenyon Drake's a, a talented piece. And, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. Part I, of I, I would, but I agree you know with you. I yeah. think, I think the flag, I, to me, this has to, there's, there's like three pieces to this trade. There's if you have Kenyon Drake on your roster, there's if you have David Johnson on your roster, and then if you have Mark Walton on your roster and or available in your league. Correct. And so I think let's let's break that down one, two, three. Yep. If you have David Johnson on your roster, this should be a red flag to you. We don't know anything beyond just we don't expect him to play Thursday. Monday at ten oh seven AM, it's a red flag, no question about it. Maybe they tell us tomorrow he's fine. But right now it's a red flag, no question. It should be a red flag. Yep. And so if you have David Johnson on your team and you did not get Chase Edmonds or you don't have Kenyon Drake or whatever, like you need to make plans, whatever you've been doing the last couple of weeks and thinking like, I just got to get through the next two weeks, like you need to start making some alternative plans. Like Correct. at least be prepared for the, the, be prepared for the possibility that David Johnson is going to miss significant time beyond just last week and Thursday so night's that's, game. That's part one. Part two. Part two is Kenyon Drake. Again, yep. like I think, it's an uptick in value again because I think he's in line for potentially significant um, uh, run here on a better offense than what he was at. 
but I don't think Kenyon Drake is an every down back. I don't, yeah. in, at, I mean, hasn't been anywhere. I was just going to say, wasn't at Alabama, wasn't at Miami, um, under the previous regime, wasn't at Miami this year under Brian Flores and Chad O'Shea. Yeah. So he has never at any point in his career ever been an every down back. Right. So uptick in value, but not a significant uptick in value. But listen, if you've hung on to Kenyon Drake for this long, I think you're happy that he's just out of Miami in an offense that's, even though the schedule upcoming is not, is certainly not ideal, you could certainly see some dump off passes and you could see, you feel better about Kenyon Drake today than you did yesterday as a member of the Miami Dolphins not traveling to Pittsburgh for the game tonight. Yeah, so I agree on that. I agree on all of that. And I agree there's an opportunity at the very least for Kenyon Drake. Cause if you saw his snap percentage in Miami, it was tailing off significantly. So now we move over to Miami. Field, and you're the, right. Yeah. And you were the author of free agent finds available on ESPN.com. I think probably later today. It'll be up later this afternoon. Just before the podcast, Mark Walton was a player we were discussing because at that point, Kenyon Drake had not yet been traded. But my sure. thought was, if you look over the past five weeks, I believe, and Kyle can stat check this if I'm off, but I know it's in the vicinity of being right, is that his snap percentage, Kenyon Drake has been going down as Mark Walton's has been going up. Yeah. He is a former fourth-round pick out of Miami, went to the Bengals, was arrested multiple times during an offseason, and was cut. They had yes. no choice. Yes. He, he's he's, he's he, had tremendous off-the-field issues, right. but... He has... You know, sometimes going home can be a dangerous thing. You know, you're, you're surrounded by too many people that are, you know, can... Bad make, influences. Right. Bad influences can make, them, can make things worse. It seems like it's actually been the inverse impact so far from Mark Walton. Again, it's it's early, but... He has, by all accounts, stayed on the straight and narrow and has a good opportunity here. Now, I get it. It's the Dolphins. And I can't really get comfortable with the idea of talking about Mike Gusecki as a tight end flyer and Devontae Parker as a a wide receiver flyer, Preston Williams as a wide receiver flyer, and Mark Walton. But let's just go to all those players and composite and say this. Mark Walton, like, he probably has the best chance, or he has the only chance, at somewhere between 15 and 20 20 touches per game. Like, I could see him being like a... Like, put it this way, I'd rather Mark Walton than any like, a Lions running back right now, right? Like, at least you know he yeah. should be the guy. He should be the guy. The volume should be significant. And listen, we'll get a better look at him tonight against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yep. Like, And so that's that's the real key. It's just like you can't do anything now anyway. Although, actually, you can. You know what? It depends on your roster, but there's a very good chance. What's Mark Walton's roster percentage? Someone look that up real quick. It's low. I think it's I would, uh, 13%. That makes sense. Yeah. So, so you could grab him right now. Is what you you're could saying. grab him right now. You'd have to have somebody in your roster that's you'd have, playing tonight. That you you'd have, have to have drop. somebody on your roster that either is on a bye this week, so right. somebody on the <laughs> on the somebody on the on the Cowboys or the Ravens, or a a player that's playing in tonight's game. Eleven point six percent. I give you my blessing to drop Willie Sneed, people. There you go. But like, like I'll give you like. There's a chance. Like it's all about roster construction, right? But there's a chance, right, that you have either won this game handily this week, yep, or I've, you've lost it significantly, and you're like, you know what? I've got Chris Boswell. I would drop Chris Boswell, take a zero at my kicker tonight, agreed. pick up Mark Walton, and then and then next week reassess my roster and decide what I want to do at the kicker spot and blah 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 blah. So that's stuff I do all the time, where I will I will drop a kicker, I'll drop <clears> a bench player that does not matter to me, and every once in a while I'll come back and bite you, but. More often than not, the idea to be able to get a starting running back who has value in fantasy, even if it's the starting running back for the Dolphins, to get a starting running back in essence for free, right, uh, before there's a rush to the waiver wire, because it's a fairly thin waiver wire. You were telling me as you were writing it's the bad. column. It's bad. It's not, it's, it's, it's a tough time of the year because there are so many teams on a bye. But yes, it's a thin waiver wire column. I just said a moment ago that I would prefer Mark Walton, and you agree with the sentiment, than any Lions running back right now, because sure. what we saw yesterday, Matthew, was ugly. 
We talked Dude. about Ty Johnson last week. Yeah, we did. You, you want to get mad at us? Go ahead. Get mad. I'll take it. We talked about Ty Johnson, and we simultaneously said, hey, he would seem to be the lead back on this roster. We also acknowledged there was a chance it would be a work share. We were one for two. It was a work share. The problem was Ty Johnson was not the lead back for the Lions yesterday. Trey Carson actually got the early carries for this team and led the team with 12 carries for 34 yards. Johnson ends up with seven rushes for 25 yards and two extra catches for 23 yards. Paul Perkins got three rushes for four yards. J.D. McKissick got a carry. Matthew, maybe what the bigger takeaway is, and by the way, keep an eye on the Lions as a potential running back trade destination later on today. Yeah, but, and, and by the way, just to further underscore the, the notes that you just, you just yeah. mentioned, right? So Ty Johnson, 37% um, snap share. Yep. Trey Carson, 31%. JD McKissick, 26%. Like it is a running back by committee, like in every way, shape, or form. And by the way, it's a running back by committee um, that isn't particularly effective. Right. They're 25th in yards per carry this season. They're 27th in yards per carry before first contact. Would you even want, like, I love Carry on Johnson, but we were even having, there are people that were frustrated with Carry on Johnson prior to going on injured reserve. So I think as things currently stand right now, Matthew, going into week nine, you don't want to be starting any Lions running back. Now, again, if they trade for somebody later on today or by 4 p.m. tomorrow, perhaps the narrative changes. But maybe what we learned yesterday, Matthew, is that rather than rolling the dice with the Lions running back, it's just staying away because more often than not, you're going to get what we saw yesterday, which was legitimately a four-headed attack. Less rushing attempts than the Arizona Cardinals, the Oakland Raiders, yeah. among others. They are in the they're in the bottom third in terms of uh, in terms of rushing attempts so far this year. Um, you know, and they haven't been particularly effective. They're averaging three point six yards per carry so far this season. So, yeah, I mean they're they're twenty fifth in yards per carry. They're twenty seventh in yards per carry before first contact. I agree with you. I think it is a stay away. It is unfortunate because I know a lot of people spent a lot of their fab budget or used a number one waiver pick on Ty Johnson. Right. And I, I would say that if I had to start Alliance running back, I think it's still Ty Johnson. Like if I was forced, we got four teams on a bye next week and they're pretty good offenses. Yeah. You, you prefer Trey Carson? No, I prefer none of them. <laughs> I understand. But yeah, let's I say like I'd if you had to. Probably Trey Carson for the, here's the hope. Trey Carson will be the guy that got the goal line carries. Daniel, they did not really have any goal line carries yesterday because Kenny Galladay had two big touchdowns. Yep. They had uh, who else scored and, for them and yesterday? Ridiculous. I mean, they were like Marvin Hall had a yeah. long touchdown pass, and that long touchdown pass was great by Marvin Hall. There, Matthew Stafford is out there slinging it. This yeah, running game is awesome. absolutely the a secondary part of the offense. Just one uh, one last note about the line. I know Matthew wanted to bring this name up. Danny Amendola quietly. Back-to-back games with eight-plus catches. Hard one for me here. And I just uh, – because I Listen, take this stuff really seriously I, on the waiver wire Sure, column. sure. Is, I'd say he's been a top-10 wide receiver the last two weeks. Right. Eight for 95 and then eight for 105 the week before. But you did not put him on the free agent finds column. Why? Here's so – there is um, – on the, on the free agent finds column, like what I would love to have each week is five players that you got to add, right? The five players. Right. If you're building a segment around them, you say, here are the guys you need to know, you need to add, you need to have on your roster. Danny Amendola's got three games with seven or more catches this season. He's also got other games where he had one target and zero catches. He's had other games where he has been at three catches or fewer, right? So he's been Jekyll or Hyde, right? And in a deeper league, yes. That like, And again, there's a significant percentage of our leagues on ESPN.com are just 10-team leagues. And you're not playing Danny sure. Amendola in a 10-team league, right? And right. so I'm not trying to ignore the deeper leagues, but in deeper leagues, 
what you're choosing between is it's not just Danny Amendola you can make the case for. You can make the case for a bunch of players that have been like sneaky good over the past and couple of listen, weeks, right? And candidly, depending on the depth of the league, like Danny Amendola is probably already rostered in a deeper league. Yeah, he could right? I mean, be rostered. I mean, like, like so, team right? And we're league. in our war room league, our sixteen team war room league. Danny Amendola has been was drafted, right? I mean, so it's so it's. I, I understand well, there are players it's like that Chris weird... Conley and and Demaris Thomas, Danny Amendola, like all of them. We're gonna get to those. All I know, in a second, but yeah, yeah, but just along those lines, Matthew, like they're all kind of like. He would be yeah. a something-or-nothing player that we'll talk about in just a minute here. The only weird part for me about Amendola, which is sort of interesting in Secret Scroll, feel free to weigh in um, here, that is, you know, like, so Amendola has a big game this week, and so did Kenny Galladay. But Marvin Jones did nothing yesterday. And two weeks ago, Marvin Jones, four touchdowns, the monster game, of course. Awesome. Yeah, of course. But Galladay was, you know, had disappeared was yep. like nowhere to be found two weeks ago. So it doesn't seem like this passing offense can support three viable fantasy wide receivers in a week. Again, it's two weeks, it's a small sample size, but hey, these are two games in which the Lions moved the ball effectively where Matthew Stafford had big games where they were to to your point slinging it. And so then if you sort of think of it that way, the Lions only are going to have two productive fantasy wide receivers in any given game. You'd rather bet on Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones in that order than Danny Amendola over either of them. But I think it's worth bringing up just because people see those numbers and they're like, again, the guy's been a top 10 wide receiver the last two weeks. Uh, speaking of, so he's been a top 10 player over the past couple of weeks, kind of one of those something or nothing type players, and we have him every single week, Matthew. So we're going to kind of give you the skinny on some guys that were surprise contributors yesterday and whether we're kind of buying it, and if so, what circumstances we will be buying it under. Back-to-back weeks now for Alex Erickson with at least... 15 fantasy points. He is the Bengals wide receiver, for those who may not be familiar. Six catches, 97 yards yesterday. He played 62% of the snaps in Week 8. He's a player the team has long valued. Now, um, that was before Zach Taylor got there, So there's, but, you know, but still, Zach Taylor has been utilizing him of late. Over the past couple of weeks, he's now up to 14 catches for 234 yards. Interested at all? I mean, we're so they're on a buy next week. They're on a buy. They're on a buy next week. AJ we don't Green know that we, we don't know about AJ Green, but he could he, return. He could return. Yep. AJ Green could return. Yep. Andy Dalton threw the ball fifty-two times in this game. He does that frequently now. He yeah. does because they're so they're they're, they're absolutely so, so brutal. I mean, listen, and so you look there and you look at Auden Tate got thirteen targets. Tyler Boyd got nine. Tyler Eifert got nine. He was actually fourth on the team in targets. He got seven targets in this game here. So. Sort of. So here's their schedule after the bye. Home to Baltimore, at Oakland, home to Pittsburgh, at the Jets. It's not a schedule that scares you. Right. I mean, you know, so it's, it's, and, and certainly a schedule in which they should be down and throwing to all those teams except maybe the Jets. And so, sort of, like, I guess here's my point. Yep. I, I'm interested in the, here's how I would answer it. I'm interested in the sense that if out of the bye week, we know AJ Green isn't coming back and I have a need at wide receiver, okay. But am I interested enough that I want to roster him and carry him through the bye when I've got four teams on a bye and there's a chance that you're going to be scrambling around because the team's on a bye this week. It's like, it's the Rams, it's the Bengals, it's the, um, it's two other really good teams. Who's on a bye this week? Yeah, on a bye. Rams, Bengals, it's, uh, Falcons, who yes. have obviously a lot of fantasy relevance. Um, and somebody pull it up real quick before I sound like a big moron. Um, Great podcasting. Your Saints are on a bye this upcoming Saints, week. Saints, so, oh, well, I knew that. Excuse I knew us. that. Yes. Uh, you're right. So, I mean, like, you're going to be without all the Rams guys, sure. without Michael Thomas, uh, you know, without 
um, without any of the um, uh, the other guys too. The uh, why am I blanking on the Rams, uh, Saints, Rams. Falcons, Bengals? Hey, right, yes. without Julio, without Calvin Ridley, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, without Austin Hooper. So like. You're gonna probably there's a chance that you you're gonna need to fill in for at least one pass catcher. So I just I don't know that he's good enough that I feel like I need, you need to grab him now to carry him through the bye, especially because we don't know the status of AJ Green. But if we're talking in two weeks, that's my sort of take on Alex Al, uh, Alex Erickson. I would still rank them Boyd Tate Erickson if I was ranking the Bengals pass catchers at the moment for the rest of the season. Only question I have with Tate is whether he is the one that gets squeezed upon AJ Green's return. Just from a body type standpoint, he is the most comparable to A.J. Green. He seems to be running the most A.J. Green-like routes. Who, I'm sorry, who did you Auden say? Auden Tate. Auden yeah, yes. you're right. So we'll see whether he gets Daniel squeezed. Daniel was talking my ear. He okay. was yelling at me while you were talking. I couldn't listen to both of you at, at the same time. Most people would choose me over Daniel. I agree. I, you I agree. They yeah. make me wear this thing in my ear, and so Daniel can just yell at me about just random stuff. It's super weird, because all he wanted to know was, like, what are we doing on Friday? And so it's just like, like that you, is weird. it's like What'd my wife. Decide? It's like yeah. just... My wife will wake up in the middle of the night, will wake me up, and she goes, and I'm like, what, 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 is everything okay? She'll be like, I was just thinking, what do you, what want, do you want for dinner on Thursday? Like, it's Monday morning. Like, can we, like, I was literally, does your, does Chapin do that to you? Because Beth does that to me all the time. Negative. Like, she will interrupt me when I'm doing something, when I'm focused on something, to then ask me about something that is completely irrelevant at the moment, but it just popped into her mind. Does that, no? Uh, yeah, no, Chapin does not do that to me. Wow. She sleeps like a rock, though, so she's impressive. Dude, uh, Demarius Thomas had five You're, catches. I'm so jelly. You have no idea. All right, go ahead. Five catches for 63 yards yesterday for Demarius Thomas. He played over 60% of the snaps. He's now got four catches on average over the past four games. He's got over 40 receiving yards in four straight games. They're going to throw the ball a ton because they are very, very bad. They play the Dolphins, the Giants, the Redskins, the Raiders, the Bengals. We've been talking about some optimism for Sam Darnold over the next six weeks, Matthew. Demarius Thomas kind of quietly sneaking on to that deep league flex radar. And you think about their upcoming schedules you mentioned. So at Miami next week, yep. and then home to the Giants, at my Redskins, home to Oakland, at Cincinnati. Like, it's a great schedule. It's one of the reasons why we've been saying, like, hey, Sam Darnold is a guy that we think is about to take off. One of the reasons why we've been talking up, you know, Jamison Crowder and some of these other players. And we'll see if Robbie Anderson gets dealt. He's yep. one of the names that's rumored to be on the move. And so certainly if that were to happen... Demarius Thomas becomes very interesting. So, yeah, I'm open to it in a 12-team or deeper league as sort of a speculation play based on their upcoming schedule, his encouraging usage so far, and the fact that Robbie Anderson may move on. If Robbie Anderson doesn't get dealt, then maybe, I don't know, that I'm starting him except in like a 16-team, 14-team league. Yeah. But Based on the speculation, I think it's I think it's worth taking a flyer in a deeper league. Yesterday was an interesting one for Demarius Thomas. He had zero catches for a long time, and then he had three straight catches on three straight plays. So that certainly worked out, five for 63 in total. Chris Conley yesterday, Matthew, had four catches for 103 yards and a touchdown against those Jets in that same game. His highest, uh, he had 75.7% of the snaps yesterday. That was the most amongst all Jaguars wide receivers. Now, the good news is, Chris Conley contributed yesterday. Yes, it is. The question, though, Matthew, is do you really have a ton of faith given the fact that we like DJ Chark as a player? We do. We think, you know, we've seen moments of brilliance from T.D. Westbrook, although he left and that he left game that game correct with a the, neck issue. And he, he left early. Yes. So, I mean, let's find out how, how hurt D.D. Westbrook is. At the moment, I'm saying no. But again, if D.D. Westbrook is going to miss more some time, banged more banged up than yeah. we, than we think, then, then yes. But look, he had a 70 yard touchdown. He had, a, he had, it was kind of a, uh, a busted coverage and he had a long touchdown. Otherwise, he was three for 33. Yep. Uh, you know, and so, this offense still wants to revolve around Leonard Fournette, and 
I don't know how, and we, we both are DJ Chark believers. We are, yeah. So, you know, the yeah. number, the, at best, the number two pass catcher on an offense that, you know, we like, but we don't think is, you know, amazing. By the way, they're in London next week against the Texans. Then they're on a bye at Indy, at Tennessee, home to Tampa Bay. It's actually not a bad schedule when you think about passing, no, right? Not, Other yeah. than at tennis, you don't love the bye week and you don't love at the Titans, but other, you know, you certainly love a home game with the Bucks. You know, at Indy, there should be a lot of throwing, and the Texans certainly don't scare you, especially with a season-ending injury to J.J. Watt. Gardner Minshew should have some more time to throw. So, uh, so yeah, I think for me, I'm ignoring it for now, but let's see how how hurt D.D. Westbrook is, and then we can revisit Chris Conley. Uh, Hunter Renfro had four for 88 yesterday, plus a touchdown for the Raiders. 65 of those came on one play for a touchdown. Tyra Williams returned yesterday. So, Matthew, he didn't have a game with more than 30 receiving yards or a touchdown this season prior to Week 8. Nice performance, encouraging. I'm glad to see that he made an impact yesterday, but probably a little bit too soon to Hunter Renfro, right? I agree that. Look, it was a weird game. They they tried to get the ball to Darren Waller. They they couldn't. He was he was clearly a priority for the Texans defense. They were they were really on him. But uh he had a sixty five yard touchdown. Again, similar to Conley, had one long touchdown, um, which was great and, and got sprung, but the rest was three for twenty three, and that's what Hunter Renfro is. And so I don't know. To me, here's a guy that prior to week eight didn't have a game with more than thirty receiving yards or a touchdown. I want to see I love Hunter Renfro as a player. And by the way, when I went to the NFLPA rookie premiere, and I he's one of my favorite guys that I interviewed, just an awesome person. Like I, that's a guy that should be in broadcasting whenever his career is done because he's got an awesome personality. My favorite Hunter Renfrew stories he told me, um, half mockingly, half serious, is that he yelled at the at the NFLPA rookie premiere, and I wrote about this. The all the players get their Madden ratings for the first time. And not surprisingly, and I talked to a couple of Madden, Madden ratings adjusters, they um, they often hear from players who are upset with a rating. Like, ah, come on, I'm a better catcher than that or that kind of stuff, right? Pass catcher. And Hunter Renfro set, uh, made made Madden history because he yelled at them because he thought his speed rating was too high. He's just like, I'm not that fast. You guys got me at an 85. Come on. 85. That's pretty right. impressive. Exactly. He's just like, I'm not that fast. I want to sneak up on people. Get a well, low. He tried to get them to lower his speed rating, and they wouldn't do it. We'll have to raise the speed rating for Darius Slayton, because this guy can absolutely fly for the New York Giants. Now, the good news is he had 50 yards and two touchdowns yesterday. The limiting factor is he had just two catches. He played a ton, though, yesterday, Matthew. 85% of the snaps in Week 8. Very fast. Has a very specific role in this offense. Sterling Shepard seems on track possibly return on Monday night next week. So something or nothing here for Slayton. I think it's nothing. Yeah. It's, I, I, like, it's I'll, nice. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a, I'll, I'll give you an example. Yep. In our 16 team war room league, which is crazy deep where like everyone with a pulse is rostered. And maybe I'm going to regret this. I had Darius Slayton and I dropped him prior to this week's game to pick up Anthony Miller. Right. Who the last two weeks had 17 targets. He now has over 50 receiving yards in three straight games. He leads the team, uh, or he's one of the league leader, one of the team leaders, I think, in slot yards, right? And slot and, targets. Slot targets. Yep. Sorry. Yeah. yeah sorry. Thanks. And catches in so, yards. Yeah. 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 And, and so like feels like Anthony Miller, who's a second year player that I like a lot, had a nice year last year. Feels like he's starting to come on. And I thought there was more upside in Anthony Miller than Darius Slayton because again, Sterling Shepard should be back. And then you look at their upcoming schedule home to the Cowboys this week. At the Jets. You don't love the Cowboys game. You, you do like the Jets. Then they're on a bye. At Chicago, you don't like that. And then home to Green Bay. 
which I think the jury's still out on Green Bay. Um, so in terms of their defense, it's certainly their secondary, which was a strength and then it seems to have some leaks recently. But yes, with Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram in Golden Tate, my thought was Darius Slayton at best is the fourth passing option. And honestly, when you think about how involved Barkley is, he's probably the fifth passing option when they're at full health. You don't love the schedule upcoming. It's a rookie quarterback who's had some nice moments here. But I think this is just one of those like, he caught two balls for touchdowns, and he's a talented player. I would love to have Darius Slayton in, in a dynasty or keeper league because I think the future is bright for this young man. But in terms of this year, I think you ask me something or nothing, I say nothing. I agree with you there. Fantasy Focus Football is brought to you by ADT. And what does real protection mean for our listeners? Well, you can get all the latest innovation in smart home security from ADT combined with 24-7 monitoring from the most trusted name in home security. You get a team of professionals designing and installing a secure smart home just for you and your family. You get 18,000 employees safeguarding you with connection to first responders. You get the nation's number one smart home security provider. You can get a secure smart home with everything from video doorbells, indoor and outdoor cameras, smart locks and lights, controlled from the ADT app or the sound of your voice. You can get professionally monitored carbon monoxide and smoke detectors. You get a system custom designed to fit your home. You can get safety on the go as well, whether you are in the car or when your kids are at school, with the ADT Go app with an SOS button. ADT keeps us safe. Continue to support ADT, friends of the podcast. Now, yesterday in the same game, we kind of maybe sort of had a breakout. David Montgomery for the Chicago Bears had a monster game. 27 carries for 135 yards plus a touchdown. He also added four catches for nearly 25 fantasy points. Melvin Gordon, meanwhile, and I know this sounds kind of pedestrian, hit 11.4 fantasy points because he actually found the end zone. Did either of these players turn the corner in the yearbook, Matthew, or um, are you expecting this to look more like an outlier than a trend over the next three to four weeks? For which player? For, for Either of for, them. Um, all right, let's take them one at a time. Okay, here. David Montgomery first. Then. Okay, David, David Montgomery, Montgomery turned first. the corner By yesterday? the way, we have a uh, we have an update from uh, Shefty on uh, the compensation. It's a sixth-round pick that could turn into a fifth. Okay, I'm surprised so, by that. Yeah, yeah. I thought it would be a little bit more. I thought it would be, too. Yep. And, you know, the other point of it that I should that you should think about that I didn't even occur to me, but as a, I was sort of looking at this, there's a chance Kenyon Drake is available in your league right now as well because he played on Miami and they haven't played yet tonight. So... How, I believe he's a he's a he is rostered in about seventy one percent of leagues. So, but he's available in thirty percent of leagues. So likely he is taken in your league. Sure, but worth checking out if yeah, you're listening to this look. podcast yeah, right now. Again, yeah. same sort of thing. Same thing as we're talking about with Walton here. Um, again, like he, there's a chance he's available in your league that you could pick him up right now and beat the rush to the waiver wire if he is out there in your league. As we said, he's he's rostered in about seventy percent of leagues, which means he's not one hundred percent rostered. I did that math in my head. No big well, deal. Well done, well NBD. Done. Don't want to brag, but just seriously, like so. Did the, the corner turn on David Montgomery yesterday, who had a big a big game, his best game by far for the Bears. Who Matt Nagy said yesterday, "I'm not an idiot. I'm going to run the football." Now they ended up running the football a ton. Matthew, he was the guy. He was the go to guy. What do you think, though, though? Is this a sign of things to come for David Montgomery? Maybe. Okay, possibly. All right. So I don't mean to talk out of both sides of my house, but, uh, mouth, but or house. Or your house, for that matter. <laughs> both sides of my house, whatever. I'm on a boat on an island. All right, look. Uh, but the positives here are is that if you think about Matt Nagy and you think okay, about this offense, about right, now. right? Yeah, yep. and he's just like, 
All right, I have some choices. I could either run it with David Montgomery or I could let Mitch Trubisky throw it. So Montgomery it is. I mean, like, like when you think about the options they have, like Mon- Trubisky's been terrible. It is. It is what it is, right? He's inconsistent, I should say. Oh, uh, terrible. terrible. No, terrible. Not inconsistent. Or he's been consistently terrible. Yeah. He's, he is, he's been a tough year for Mitchell Trubisky and the Bears offense. So when you think about that and, you think about sort of how they want to approach games as we get into colder weather. It certainly would seem to be that David Montgomery would be the guy. I mean, we, we, you know, I mean, For I sure. when was the last time we talked about Mike Davis? Like, I mean, right. I, I mean, would not be surprised. I mean, I'm not forecasting this, but there have been some people that have speculated they might cut him as part of the compensatory pick formula before week 10. Right. So, so Mike Davis is no longer a thing. And Tariq Cohen is much more pass catcher than running back these days in terms of that offense. So David Montgomery is more or less the guy um, and certainly 27 carries for 135 yards and a touchdown in a game, they should have won. You know what I mean? Like you don't, you don't, that game, the loss to the Chargers is not on the offense. Um, you know, it's, it's on special teams. Um, it's on the offense. It's on, and then the, the coaching decisions late in the game. Anyways, not relevant. David I'm, Montgomery, I'm, I'm looking at it from a fantasy yes perspective. No. You're yes. correct. Like, could they have put up more points? Absolutely. And should they have, they shouldn't have taken the three knees. All that's true. Yes, yes, so, yes. But, yeah. but you also got to make that let's kick. Let's cut to the chase, You got to make that kick. Anyway, um, their upcoming schedule isn't terrible. At Philadelphia, which is a run defense that has shown some leaks recently, uh, home to Detroit, at the Rams, home to the Giants, at Detroit again. So, so do I think it's a thing, a sign of things to come? Yes, but am I pushing all my chips in and being like, yes, I'm in on David Montgomery? No, because I'll tell you something that he, he is, he personally has looked inconsistent to me. Um, I think his vision sometimes is questionable. Sometimes I think he bounces outside too often. Um, and candidly, I don't have a lot of trust based on what I've seen so far this year in Matt Nagy doing, you know, what makes sense to us. Right. So I think let's just, let's just round it out here. Encouraging day, very encouraging day. And hopefully, Matt Nagy's insistence on running the football will continue, regardless of the opponent in a given week. This does not make you feel as though you are justified in your selection of David Montgomery. He's still way too high draft. No question about that. It is a good sign of things to come. If you have been stubborn to the point that you've been keeping David Montgomery for the first eight miserable weeks of the season, or seven plus yesterday, then at least you have a sign of hope. This is not the time to, like right now, your your patience may have paid off. Leave it there. Let's see what happens going forward. Let's well, leave it right but, there. But hang on for one second, though. If you have David Montgomery, am I going to try to trade him right now? Yes. Are you selling high on just like, hey, look, look, he's turned the corner. He's going to be the guy. Or are you just like, because um, you think like, hey, it's a little yes, bit of a mirage. Or you'd be like, hey, finally the guy, yes. finally the guy I drafted has showed up. So my answer is yes. I would try to sell high if I could. I would also note that we talk about this a lot. Like one guy who's struggling has one big performance and all of a sudden it's like, could you sell high? Like, okay, that is almost always good business. I just don't think it's going to actually result in a worthwhile trade all that frequently. People who are in your league are not that dumb. They're going to look at the seven games. Number one is you'd be surprised about that. And number two is, is that I think when we, by the way, the other thing is when we say sell high, we don't mean necessarily trade. Some people like, I'm just, you know, whatever I, I, you know, I traded him for Chris Conley. That's not selling high. Right. You know what I mean? Like you, when we say sell high, we mean like his a better running back, a then. better version of of David Montgomery, someone that you feel a little bit better about. But there's reason for optimism. So again, like people, somebody that has some big game, like you can't sell high on Darius Slayton, right? But you can because you're just like whatever. It's a fluky game. But this you could because again, like 27 carries, he got um 
He got, you know, 27, he got 81% of the Chicago Bears running back carries. That is up from the 71% he's had weeks one through seven, and it's a decent schedule upcoming here. But you and I agree. Like, I would want him rest of the season. Is he an RB2? Is he a flex play for you? A flex play. Yeah, I think he's a top 20. I'm full flex play. I think he's a top 25 running back. Uh, I would agree. Rest of the season, who would you want right now? David Montgomery or Kenyon Drake? Uh, David Montgomery. Because I think, you know, we don't know for sure what, like, Kenyon Drake could be a backup this week. Right. Or next week. So I, yes. I agree with that, but certainly frustrating because, by the way, people so disgusted with the first seven weeks of David Montgomery, he was started in just 35% of ESPN League. So you, uh. you hung on to him for seven weeks, and then he's sitting there on your bench when he finally goes off. Let's now transition to the team that they played in the Chargers right. and Melvin Gordon. And my opinion on Melvin Gordon has not changed after this game. Yeah, same, same here, Matthew. No, 8 for 31, that's less than 4 yards per carry, a touchdown, that's good. I'm glad he had a 19-yard touchdown run. But that means he had seven carries for 12 yards besides that. The offensive line is not generating any push. He's yet to have a game this season with even 50 total yards. I may have misread this stat, but it's possible I did not. The Chargers have not run, I believe, they have run for less than 40 yards in four straight games. If I read the stat correctly, it might have been like the first time, like, ever. (coughs) Excuse me. Bless you, Field. Thank you. Sorry about that. Um... So I believe Ky- it's the Kyle was looking that up as well just to make sure. First time a team has run for 40 yards or fewer in four straight games. I I think maybe I saw like in the Super Bowl era. Right. Something incredible. When especially when by the way you think about who their head coach is. It's a running back. Anthony Lynn is a former NFL running back and a former running backs coach uh in the with the Buffalo Bills before he became interim coach there and then he became the head coach of the Chargers. So I mean if ever there was a guy that wants to run the ball, that wants to establish the run, you would think it is Anthony Lynn, and so the fact of the matter is, is it just haven't. Melvin Gordon's come back, and they've lost every game but one. It, that was yesterday, and they should have. They should have lost. No, that. You know something? I take you to task on that. Here's why: they've lost so many games brutal, where the brutal Bears fashions. have done it to the Chargers. Like what the? You know what I mean? Like they've lost so many That's games true. where they played. They the should have beaten the Titans. Right. Yeah, exactly. They've so, lost some heartbreaking games. There's no question about but no, it. I'm not out to miss anyway, Melvin Gordon. By the way, I'm not. I'm has, just not. Melvin Gordon has yet to have a game with over 50 total yards this year. Yeah, and Austin Eckler, by the way, again had a receiving touchdown yesterday. We yeah. said you can still rely on Austin Eckler because of the receiving usage, and. That worked out. I know it wasn't a monster game from either no. one of them, but the good news is that I do believe that Austin Eckler's care, um, catches continue to give him fantasy relevance. Well, now, and I will say, at least from a snap percentage, you have him there on that sheet in front of you. I do, uh, yes. Yeah, so they, they was pretty close. Both over 50% of the snaps, because they were on the field uh, at the same time on a handful of occasions yesterday. Yeah, so, so. Uh, Usage is pretty comparable for these two players. Eckler, I still believe, has more upside with the receiving value. And, how about this? Yeah, past two games, Gordon 24-8, to eight, a carry in terms of rushing attempts, edge over Austin Eckler, 24-8 to eight the last two weeks, but Eckler more involved in the passing game. And you and I both believe Austin Eckler, the better pass catcher, no and the better fantasy option at the moment. Correct. Confirmed. The Chargers have now run for fewer than 40 yards in four straight games. The first time that's ever happened since the AFL-NFL merger, which Dude. I believe was 1970. All right, Matthew, there were two trades this past week of wide receivers, Emmanuel Sanders to the 49ers and Mohamed Sanu to the Patriots. So let's get down to both their initial uh, games with their new teams, plus the other side of it is in like, the teams that they left behind. Emmanuel Sanders had four catches for 25 yards and a touchdown. Half those catches and that touchdown came on the opening drive. He played nearly 83% of the snaps. Um, Look good, obviously. I mean, look pretty solid. 
I think, though, that yesterday, Matthew, was kind of like what you hope for from Emmanuel Sanders, right? Like, he's a flex consideration. That You want to talk about somebody else that I would try to quote-unquote sell high? That's a guy. Emmanuel Sanders? I mean, think about this. Right. The 49ers put up a 50-burger. 50! They put up a 50-burger. Yeah. They had their way. They dominated the Carolina Panthers. A good defense, by the way. Right. Carolina Panthers have a good defense. I think they were the they were like a top five fantasy defense coming into that game. And <laughs> the 49ers had their way with it. So in a game in which the 49ers did whatever they wanted offensively and put up 50 points, Emmanuel Sanders had four for 25 and a touchdown. He had a cheap, short touchdown. Yep. Again, it's the run-heaviest team in the NFL. Uh, we know that George Kittle, as long as he's healthy, the focal point of the passing offense is going to be George Kittle. Correct. You would never start somebody, any pass catcher over George Kittle among the 49ers. So now you've got Sanders, but you've also got Debo Samuel, who they like a lot. Um, you know, you've got, uh, you've got whatever. Marquise Goodwin, you've got Derek, uh, um, Dante Pettis. Dante Pettis like, yep. I just, it's like, it's a lot yesterday. of guys. I, I know. I just, for me, I just, I can't imagine starting Sanders with any kind of confidence. Like, they put up 50 points. This right. is a team that wants to run the ball. And by the way, they can. Right. They can. And they can play great defense. I just think that he, we believed he would have sort of a flex play. His value was about what it was in Denver. It remains that. Now, the leftover piece was that we thought Deshaun Hamilton, right here, raise my hand. I thought Deshaun Hamilton would do something in the absence of Emmanuel Sanders. How'd the that work out for you? Nothing, Matthew. He had zero catches against the Colts <laughs> yesterday. Played 59% of the snaps. What an incredible disappointment this was. This is a guy they like. It's a good, yeah. talented, young prospect. Instead, it was downtown Freddie Brown, the former Mississippi State standout, who gets more work than he did. Man, yeah. I mean, but now maybe I should have. Maybe my first mistake was just trusting the Broncos' passing offense in general, but they were deplorable yesterday in all yeah. phases of the game. They ended up losing that game 15-13. It was an ugly game. It was an ugly, ugly sort game. of slugfest yeah. game. Yeah. Both offenses looked bad last Both yesterday offense, yep. in that game. The, the Colts, by the way, keep playing one-score games. But, yeah, Station Hamilton, safe to say, not a player you need to put any priority on adding this week. And no Broncos wide receiver that's available in over 50% of leagues has any reason to be added to a bunch of leagues this week based off how they play offense. There's just no value there. Yeah, I mean— I'm not ready to say like downtown Freddie Brown has um, usurped Deshaun Hamilton in the pecking order. You certainly would have liked to seen more from Hamilton, you know, or anything. Anything. I would have taken a catch. <laughs> right. Anything. I would have taken one catch. Right. I mean, exactly. like, come on. Or just how about a penalty? Just get in the box score. Seriously. Like, just like, yeah. Couldn't you? Couldn't you have done a false start or something? Is there a football uh, equivalent of Club Trillion? Right. From the great Mark Titus? Yeah. There's got to be something. Like, there there's got to be. be some way to enter the box score without actually doing something. Uh, uh, but Ma- anyway. Uh, but you know, Cortland Sutton remains like the, he's only, the only guy. You he's can the trust. only guy you can trust in that passing offense, not including the running backs, of course. Uh, but I don't know. I thought I think we saw enough from Deshaun Hamilton last year that it's worth just keeping an eye on him. I'm not ready to write him off after one bad game, but right. certainly it was right. a disappointment. Uh, I was with you as well. I I certainly thought he would take. The, the targets that we'd seen from Emmanuel Sanders. So. Uh, Mohamed Sanu made his debut for the Patriots yesterday. Two catches for 23 yards, 4.3 fantasy points. Now, played 53% of the snaps, and it was an absolute disaster for the passing games on both sides yesterday, right? I mean, the weather was terrible in Buffalo. It was terrible in New England. The reason why I mentioned that, Matthew, was that, like, I think we would both agree, like, it's going to be much better for Mohamed Sanu in w- subsequent weeks, right? It'll be, yes, it will be better, but you know it's interesting. Like so, I heard from uh, a little birdie. Okay, uh, I think, or you know, I don't think it was Bill even Belichick. a little birdie. No, I think Tom like Brady? What, no, I did. Um, no, 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 no. I 
So I, when I was, you know, I was at Disney Chocolate this past games. week. I was at this. I was at Disney this past week, and I did an event at the ESPN Club, which was great. Ton of 06010 fans came out. It was an amazing crowd. Awesome. Thank you very much for everyone that came out. It was. Uh, we had an awesome time. And so, but some of the people told me that you guys, that you and Mike and Stefania had speculated that I would want our Muhammad Sanu back bet back after Josh Gordon was placed on the IR because we made that bet prior to. Um, what a bunch that's that what your knowledge. little birdie told you? What a bunch of, I'll tell you what, we made it very clear not to tell you on the podcast. So like half of you listeners out there are dead well, to me right, right now. That's true. It's a good Fair. point. We told not to say this, but I love, I thought you were going to say like a little birdie told me like, Hey, you know, the Patriots actually aren't that optimistic on Muhammad no, Sanu no, no, or something no, no, like no. that. A little birdie told you that we talked about it in the podcast. Yeah. So anyway. Someone tweeted at you. Yeah. No, 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 no. The, no the, one of the listeners. It came, it came up, came up with one of the listeners that came up, came out to the show. Did you yeah. get their name? Uh, no, I didn't. All right. I mean, they told me their name and I said hi, but that it's a lot of people. been blocked. It's yeah, a, I'm, it's yeah. been blocked it's a lot of podcasters. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna block well, all of them. Lot. See, at, at, at my events, a lot of people come, so it's hard. Like, sure. you're there for a long, long time. Sure. It's not it's like a, some crappy band no one's ever heard of. Thank you. Exactly. Yeah. That, you understand. They told me I, I, uh, I don't want to say that. I'll all tell right. you off air. <laughs> I was, I, I was gonna say something. I was gonna say, they told me I drew better than someone that's much more famous than me, but then I, but I don't want to like, anyway, whatever. No, I got you. Yeah. Anyway, um, Kelly Clarkson, so, greatest American Idol of all stop time. Stop it. You stop it, Field. I'm going to punch you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Justin Guarini. <laughs> yes, that is correct. I drew better than Justin Guarini. Um, Ricky Spears. So I think I'm more famous than Justin Guarini. I, I mean, do you measure your own fame? Yeah, I don't know. I debatable. I, come on. Kelly Clarkson, no. 100% no yeah. on Kelly Clarkson. Justin Guarini, come on. Justin Guarini is doing Dr. Pepper commercials. No, oh, oh he's he's little sweet, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah. We had this on the podcast last week. No, no, no. He's not little sweet. Keith is little sweet. Yeah, Keith. Did you see Keith it? Did a great rendition of little sweet on the podcast. Did you not see it? I, I missed that. Oh, oh, it's amazing. Go check at Daniel Dapp on Twitter for the, it's. It's really good. Okay. Yeah, I will do that. Can you should I do unblock now? me. Can yeah. I just, can I leave? No, you I cannot do it now. You. No, Daniel. You no, I'll use it on my 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 burner account. All right. Um. Anyway, back to Muhammad Sanu, and what I will say is, I do not want the bet back. I'm, Good. I'm still, I still believe what I believe, which is that Mohamed Sanu is a much better NFL piece for the Patriots and Tom Brady than he is a reliable fantasy asset. Mm. Like, I mean, again, I think there is, I think there is a legit possibility, assuming health for both, that Philip Dorsett finishes with more fantasy points than Mohamed Sanu. We know Edelman's going to. I believe we both, I, sh- I would think we both believe James White will be more involved in the passing game than yeah, Mohamed Sanu. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think Sanu will be close. I still think Sanu would be close. Anyways, we, we've only got anyway, one game. We've got size. one game. Didn't do much wet, in his like, first yeah. game. It was yeah. It was it was super wet. But I would say this, just to wrap this up. I don't think you can start Muhammad Sanu until you see it at least once on the Patriots. I think the same thing. I okay, feel the same way. Um, Calvin Ridley four catches for seventy yards. Wait, one last Patriots note: Nikhil Harry is eligible to play on Sunday against the Ravens. Keep an eye on their first round pick there. Four catches for 70 yards and 13 fantasy points for Calvin Ridley yesterday uh, because he also had a two-point conversion for the Falcons. Matt Schaub, that's right, Matt Schaub, 400-plus passing yards for Matt Schaub, yeah. filling in for Matt Ryan. I, I, listen, I, the offense looks far more competent in the second half than I expected it to throughout the day. Really, Matthew, no, I mean, no major needle-moving difference for Calvin Ridley, but good to see him deliver on a day when you probably had hopes for that, given that Mohamed Sanu was no longer a part of the mix in the offense. Yeah, it was interesting, though. I mean, like, in a game in which Matt Schaub threw 52 times, to your point, 460 yards, Russell Gage, 
gets nine targets in this one. Seven for 58 and yeah. nine targets for Russell Gage. Julio obviously Sports goes nuts. Ten for yeah. 152 and 12 targets. Austin Hooper has a big game. Six for 65 he scores. He also gets seven targets. Freeman gets eight targets in the uh, in the passing game. Eight for 63 just as a pass catcher. Devontae Freeman. And then Russell Gage, seven for 58 on nine targets. So uh, in a game in which Matt Schaub threw 52 times, it was sort of evenly distributed. And I would agree with you. I, I think we thought there'd be a bigger uptick for Calvin Ridley than there was. It was a nice game for Calvin Ridley. And maybe that's the takeaway. Maybe it's not that he's going to get a significant uptick in target share. That they're still going to use whatever it's Russell Gage or the you know Hooper will get a little bit more. Maybe you see some Justin Hardy. He plays more snaps, but rather that there's going to be just more consistency to Calvin Ridley. That, that will you know be that's old. been the that's been the problem with Calvin Ridley. Isn't the talent? The talent's obvious. It's just like he's had big games and then he's just disappeared. And so maybe if Mohamed Sanu's not there, he's just more of a consistent part of that offense. Let's move along to tight ends. So we had a bunch of guys who are kind of on the radar right now, but we'll do so after we take a quick break because I forgot the most epic video that's ever going to make it onto the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast. Here it is right here. Fantasy, you're in the 06010. Quick rip of four tight ends who had a good day yesterday and more succinctly than before. Like, are we buying this or selling this? We start with John U. Smith, six catches for 78 yards and a touchdown. Your long shot on fantasy football now yesterday. Great call by you. He has nearly 20 fantasy points filling in for Delaney Walker, available in 99% of leagues. We do not know if Delaney Walker will be available this upcoming week, but he was really impressive. Was John U. Smith filling in for Delaney? I believe it. So, you know, if you're like, am I buying it or not? Yep. I am, I am buying it. So Delaney Walker, one of the reasons why I liked Jonu Smith is because of the role that Delaney Walker had in this offense, right? A 26% red zone target share, fourth best among tight ends. I believe a 16% target share overall, ninth best among tight ends. Like they use the tight end in this offense quite a bit. And so it feels like Delaney Walker at age 35 off the injury last year, banged up this year. We'll see if he comes back. And certainly if he's back, you, you feel less confident about John U. Smith. But uh this is a guy that they spent a high round draft pick on. I want to say he was second a second round. rounder. Yep, yeah. Florida International. Yep. So yeah, so John U. Smith is somebody that I think is is pretty interesting, especially when you think about how brutal the tight end position is. Yeah, it certainly has been a tough year for tight ends as it is almost. He would every be my second pick year. among tight ends to pick up this week. Okay. We'll get to maybe the first one yep. later. Okay. Uh Ryan Griffin yesterday, Matthew, four catches for sixty six yards and two touchdowns for the Jets. Feels like a throw. I mean Chris Herndon could return soon. Correct. He had forty six yards going into this uh into this game yesterday. Something or not this is this is another nothing here, right? Yes, I think so. Again, if if Herndon were nothing, then maybe it'd be like, oh, maybe. Because, again, we've talked about the Jets' schedule from week 9 through 14, right? Yeah. Not cool Keith. Look at this. Who's the best? Who's the best? Yeah. Not cool Keith is the Not best. Cool Not cool Keith, Keith is, is the best. Matthew, a little water. parched, Matthew. I was. I got a wet man whistle. Wet the whistle. Oh. Ryan Griffin, 4 for 66, <sighs> two touchdowns. Tasty water. Well done. It tastes like every other glass of water. No, that was tastier. Okay. You know when you've been without water for a long time? It does taste better. It tastes a little bit better. You, like you know what? And also because Keith brought it to me, so just it tastes a little bit better because Keith brought it to me. Sweeter, little sweeter. That's, That's right. right. All right. Um, so anyway, yes, I agree with you. I think Ryan Griffin. This feels like this feels like 
Yeah, nothing. I mean, there's a guy who had 46 yards total in one touchdown prior to this game. Darren, so it was like just kind of like a whatever. Darren Fell, six catches for 58 yards and two touchdowns yesterday. He's available in 87% of leagues. This, this would be my like? guy. This would be my number one guy. Okay. Look, this is somebody that continues to put up fantasy points. He's had at least 9.9 fantasy points in four of the last six games. He's got two different games this year with multiple touchdowns. Like, it's an offense that... um Feels, feel, there's two things that I think are interesting here. Number one is obviously no Will Fuller for at least a while here, you know, and, um, so it's a, it's a receiving core that's becoming narrower, Mm -hmm. um, and feels like he's, uh, earning Deshaun Watson's trust. Like, you know, like that catch, like the, everyone wants to talk about Deshaun Watson, that amazing play where he, he spun out, he got kicked in the leg, you know, he's, he's falling down, kicked in the face, sorry, he got kicks in the, he's got kicks in the face, he's falling down, he just throws it up there and he scores a touchdown, right? Amazing play by Deshaun Watson. He is like, uh, he is otherworldly. But that was a hell of a catch by Darren Fells too, who had to come back across his body. There was a defender there. It was kind of a jump ball situation. Like, I'm not saying it was as good as Watson's play. Watson's play was unbelievable, but I'm just saying like, I think Fells has been thought of as a blocking tight end for the majority of his career, and I think there is more talent to the pass-catching piece of his game than I think he gets credit for. And certainly, it does feel like he is earning more and more trust from Deshaun Watson. They are looking to him more and more. Last one here is Tyler Eifert, who had six catches for 74 yards. Of course, the Bengals go on a bye after playing in London. Tyler Eifert's kind of one of those intriguing potential trade targets for teams around the NFL. But Matthew... If this was four years ago, I might, be, I might sure. say something, but there's always a chance of him getting hurt. He's been inconsistent. He hasn't played a ton. If he stays with Cincinnati, they throw the ball a ton, but they don't score a lot of touchdowns here. This feels like a dart throw. Prior to week eight, no more than two catches in five straight games. Yeah. Prior to week eight, didn't even have a game with 30 receiving yards. Like And... You know, one of the things with Eifert was always like, well, he's just, he's a big touchdown scorer. You know, prior, back when he was, you know, fully healthy. He had 14 touchdowns in one season. Yes, yeah. he did. But hasn't been the case this year. Yeah. They're on a bye next week as well. So you tell me you want to pick up Tyler Eifert and hold on to him through the bye? Like, no, thank you. Yeah, I'm with you there. I keep my eyes on Mike Gusecki tonight for the Miami Dolphins. Got nine catches over the past two weeks. Very athletic. Second round pick in out 2018 of State, yeah. out of Penn State. So the hope is that they can continue to get him involved in the passing game because they have to throw it a ton. So you can't win them all, right? You just can't win them all. Yep. And that includes when you make bold picks on fantasy football now. So yesterday my bold call was that Zach Ertz would get back on track with eight catches and a touchdown. He came up just six catches and one touchdown short of hitting eight for a touchdown. <laughs> it was two almost for 20. there. Missed it by this much. But two for 20. But Matthew, here's the here's where we're at right yeah. now with Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz belong on your bench? No. Okay. I don't think he belongs I'm on glad your bench. said that. I, I don't agree. think he belongs on your bench. But the fact that we're having this conversation should tell you everything Stunning. you need to know. This is a guy that was, I mean, listen, he was on the hate list for me this week. I was lower on him in my, um, not for this the week. season. Well, he was on the hate list for me this week. He was on the hate list for me for the year, um, as well. He was preseason hate list. And, uh, I had a much lower in my consensus ranks than where he was going in ADP. But I would be lying if I said I thought he would be this bad. Of course. Look, Dallas Goddard's a thing. Well, like, Dal- Dallas Goddard playing, is a thing. Their production over the past four games is very comparable. And Goddard yesterday had three catches for 22 yards and a touchdown. 
He played 73.5% of the snaps yesterday, which Ertz played nearly 90% of them. So it's right. not like his snaps are coming at the cost of Ertz, but you've got two tight ends in this offense. The wide well, receivers can't get open. It feels like Goddard's value is cannibalizing Zach Ertz's value a little bit. We are in a tight end by committee. I mean, which is, you know, it's usually we talk about running backs, yeah. you know, taking value from each other. Like we are in a tight end by committee. And you said the last three games, are their stats are comparable. They actually aren't. Last three games. Zach Ertz, 17.2 fantasy points, 8 for 112. Sure. Total, last yeah. three games, 8 for 112. Last three games for Dallas Goddard, 17 for 139, right. two touchdowns, 35 fantasy points, almost double the amount of fantasy points as Zach Ertz. He's been the better f- fantasy tight end the last three weeks, and it's not even all that close. And so, rest of the season, who would I rather have? I'd still rather have Zach Ertz. Am I benching Zach Ertz? No, but that's more of a statement about the state of the tight end position in fantasy than it is confidence that Zach Ertz comes anywhere close to what we've seen previously. We need some sort of term for a player that, I think tight end's kind of a unique position in this regard, but it's a player that you invested a lot in, like Zach Ertz, which you probably did. You can't bench him because, I mean, absent, like if you grab Darren Waller, then like, yeah, and you play in a a league where you can't use your tight end in a flex, then yes, you could bench Zach Ertz. But under most circumstances, you most likely do not have another top tight end on your roster. So it's, but you can't trade that player because you're going to be getting quarters on the dollar. A, I'm trying to think of it's like a, a fantasy pickle. Yeah, it's, it's a, a, it's a, it's a, it's like rock a rock in a hard place. It's a, yeah, but it's a, it's even more than that. Like I know what you mean because it's like it's almost like a like a car or you you're know out. like that you've you've invested so much money and time into this. You know, it's like um, it's like a startup. It's like the, it's like the Matthew Berry of of tight ends. Yeah, a little bit. You know what right, I mean? Exactly. Like you can't bench him, but like right. you, you put too much into it. You at put this point. too much into him at this point. So you just got to keep rolling out there and so hope like, something happens. Is it? Um, I can make this joke. Is it like a first marriage? Oh, Basically, yeah. you know. Listen, you you've been trying to like you've been trying to you've been trying to make it work. You've spent a lot of time. You had the big wedding in front of your parents. You spent a lot of money on the wedding. The whole it's a thing. And just, like, yeah, the, yeah. It's like it was a first marriage. Okay, like I me. Like, like, like yeah. you know. Like, you know, I, I've been, I, you know, everyone knows, uh, not everyone, I don't know if everyone knows this or not, but I've been very public about this. Obviously, I'm on a second marriage. My, um, uh, you know, <laughs> Beth gets upset when I refer to her as my current wife. Um, but, um, <laughs> uh, no, but so, um, my active I, wife, my, my, yeah, my active wife, week, my yeah. current wife, um, the current Mrs. Barry, current Mrs. Roto. Um, no, but, um, so yeah, I mean, no disrespect to my, to my ex-wife, um, who is a lovely woman and we are friends to this day. There was no drama, but I would say that, and I think if she were here as well, she would say the same thing that I think her and I probably spent, we're probably in that marriage probably a year or two too long that we just, we tried to make it work and try to make it work sort of because we had, again, we'd put in so much time to it, but just, we weren't right for each other. We got married way too young. Both of us did. And we, you know, we just, we grew apart. We were just, we, you know, uh, you'll learn this field at some time. And this is my advice to the people listening at home. Don't get married before you're 30. Secret Squirrel, would you agree with this? Would you agree with this advice? Because you're a very different. I got married. I got married in essence at 25. Sure. Like, or I mean, I got married after 25. But Gosh. my ex-wife and I How were together from the time. How did you guys afford that wedding during the Great Depression? Like, that's incredible <laughs> at 25. <laughs> I very much. Uh, sentiment, yeah. By the way, um, you, I, well, <laughs> clearly you're 28. Yeah. I know. I understand. Yeah. Um, I'm just. I'm personally saying for me, this is from my experience. That I'm a very. I was a much different person at 35 than I was at 25. I agree with that. And so. Uh, because of like, and, and so is my ex-wife and her and I both, like when we were both 35, we sort of looked at each other and said, you know, if we met each other right now, like we wouldn't even have gone on a date, let alone get married just because we were such different people from the time that we were 25, which is when we got together to 35. And so anyway, that's my, that's my little two cents about that.
on. But anyway, there you go. So Zach it's Ertz. like the first wife. Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is, is like your fantasy, first marriage. That's right. Zach Ertz is your fantasy first marriage. All right, Matthew, before we talk about the Chiefs backfield, give us a little something, something on ZipRecruiter. Yes. Hiring can be a challenge, Field Yates. You know this. You've been looking for a new co-host for the podcast for quite some time. That's it right. It is a challenge. But uh, not only have you found it to be a challenge, but so has Codable co-founder Gretchen Hebner. See, Gretchen needed to hire a game artist for her education tech company. She knew it wouldn't be easy to find someone to grow with her team. That's why she went to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter, you see, doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. So you get qualified candidates fast. Gretchen posted her job on ZipRecruiter and said she was impressed with how quickly she found qualified applicants. She also used ZipRecruiter's screening process to filter her candidates so she could focus on the best ones. Focus. Do you get it? Where the fantasy focus and Gretchen was able to focus on the best ones? Yeah. There you go. That is synergy, kids. Anyway, that's how Gretchen found a new game artist in less than two weeks, thanks to ZipRecruiter.com. With a result like that, it is no wonder that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. So see why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address. <laughs> at our web address. That's what it says here. ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. Once again, ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. It's ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And by the way, that code is important. The the promo codes that we read, I just want everyone to know that the promo codes that we read, like when we say ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010 or 06010, that's the way that ZipRecruiter knows like, oh, people listen to this show. And listen to what we have to say. And that's how we're able to keep the podcast free. It's how we're able to hire. What? Those two are not mutually exclusive. Just because you listen to the show does not mean you listen to what they have to say. Fair. You know fair, what I mean? Fair, fair, fair. No, but I'm just saying when it comes to ZipRecruiter. Now we're that not talking about fantasy true. advice. Yes, yes. We're not talking about fantasy advice. Obviously, you, you throw out half the stuff we say, but if, if not more. But <clears throat> when it comes to our sponsors, all I'm just saying is that if you enjoy the show, if you support the show, if you like enjoying the show for free... One of the ways we are able to do that for you is because of our generous sponsors. And so to the extent that these sponsors speak to you, we would we would ask that you not only support them, but use our codes. I wanted to tell a story of a football play through Twitter yesterday. So for those of you uh, that may not be familiar, there is a great man named Kenny Legan who does handles the video side of our podcast here. And Kenny, yeah. very funny, very witty, excellent on social media, including on Twitter at Kenny Legan, L-E-G-A-N. And yep. Last night, there was a very spectacular play in which Matt Moore hooked up with Travis Kelsey for a touchdown where Moore lofted the ball, which gave Kelsey enough time to run under it, run from left and turn back to his right and make a very nice catch. And Kenny tweeted, yes, Kelsey scored. But I think the most amazing part of this video is seeing Damian Williams get a snap. Because at that point in the game, Damian Williams was a ghost. We simultaneously managed to have Damian Williams' fantasy funeral last night and also his fantasy rebirth, all because of a LaShawn McCoy fumble. Prior to LaShawn McCoy fumbling and losing the football last night, he had 22 snaps for 13 touches and 63 yards. Damian Williams had amassed just two touches for 10 yards. After that, LaShawn McCoy had as many snaps as you and I, Matthew, did not play again after that fumble, that costly one, as Kansas City was much more competitive in this game than I think some people expected them to be. Does it yes. mean something going forward, though? Uh, a little bit. Okay. So 
let's break this down. First off, I would just want to, can I pat myself on the back for one second? Listen, I get plenty of calls wrong. Right. I get plenty of calls wrong. But I just want to point out, like, my, my bold prediction on fantasy football now, Sunday morning, was 20 fantasy points for Matt Moore. Nice. That, 19 fantasy points later. Like, I didn't get it right, but not bad. Like, not I'll bad. take that. Come within one point. I think, again, like, I've been saying it all along that Matt Moore was going to be better than people thought. And as it related to Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey, he'll be just fine. And certainly if you started Hill or Kelsey last night, you're perfectly happy sure. with the results that those two guys got. My feeling is, is that my answer on McCoy and Williams comes a little bit to what's the health of Patrick Mahomes. My belief is that I, I get, I think we get the sense now of what they, how they view their running backs in Kansas City. Here's my interpretation. You tell me if you agree. Okay. I think they think LaShawn McCoy is their best running back from a running standpoint. Yep. I think they like Damien Williams the most in the passing game to catch out of the backfield. And I think they think Daryl Williams is their best blocker. That's my sort of sense yeah, of having watched be. them. Yeah, but I feel like the diminishing returns of Damien Williams' pass catching have been shown over the past couple of weeks. I, there's no question. And so my feeling is, is that part of McCoy getting the start and getting the significant work up until the fumble was partially because they wanted a better runner in there because of Matt Moore, and they felt like they might need to be more conservative on offense. They might need to run more than they normally would. Um, the other piece of it is is that, so so there's that. But now this is the second time that LaShawn McCoy has fumbled, and both times we have not seen from him again. Right. And both times he has fumbled in crucial times, you know, at, at crucial times, right? I mean, yeah. you but could argue that the— back, the, and, you know, a week later they go back to him. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, they lost this game, right? Yeah. And, the, and they had a chance to win it, and McCoy's fumble is part of it. Right. Time management is also they should have gone forward and forth down. I mean, we can talk about all that. But um, so I think— Similar to what we talked about in Detroit, I feel like this backfield is almost unusable. It's a it's a higher upside backfield than Detroit because the team scores so much, and I think it's a more talented collection of running backs than they have in Detroit right now. But I I don't feel confident. I have Damian right. Williams on a lot of teams. It's I don't feel different. confident starting him in any league. It's a different kind of unusable because I think what you mean is that we don't have any great pulse on which player deserves to be started because you would think in a lot of weeks at least one Chiefs running back goes for 10-plus fantasy points in a lot of weeks. And I think that will happen. It's just right. who is it going to be? Like right. so I, that's had to, I, mean. I started Damian Williams in a couple of leagues last night because I had to. But like, but to my point you got, is that— I got bailed out by the touchdown. On. Okay. Yeah. So what I was trying to say was that you think a running back is going to get 10 points from the Chiefs. You think it's very possible. It's hard to tell with certainty which one it will be. Correct. Our guess going into last night would have been LaShawn McCoy— Maybe that fumble changes things. In Detroit, Like, there's not confidence that anybody's going to have 10 points in a given week out of that backfield. So it's very difficult to trust, very difficult to read. My sense going into this Vikings game is, again, still it's still choosing between LaShawn McCoy and Damian Williams, and I would lean towards McCoy if, for some reason, you're in the position to have to choose between those two players. Hopefully you are not, and to that point, I almost feel like, just as we transition now to the other side of the ball in that game, I feel like the... Kansas City Chiefs running back situation is similar to the pass catching options of the Green Bay Packers. Like we know some, as long as Devontae Adams is out, we know somebody will have a good game, whether it's Lazard or MVS or, you know, Allison, Kumaro, we know someone will have a good game. We just don't have a great sense as to who, because they're all talented. They're all getting a decent amount of run. Well, we will tell you who's going to catch the passes for the Packers. It's the running backs. But before we talk about the running backs, I know Daniel didn't want to indulge us with a crappy promo. 
It's New York Times bestselling author Matthew Berry with another self-serving, self-indulgent, all-about-me promo. Thank you very much. Hey, just want to remind remind everyone that, like, hey, how you find out about uh, Adam Schefter breaking the news of, like, you know, Kenyon Drake going to the Arizona Cardinals? Fantasy Life app. The alerts continue to crush. Uh, it amplifies news faster than anyone else. And the best part about it, it's 100% free. Um, you know, and so if you just go to fantasylifeapp.com and download it, just try it. I promise you. I cannot tell you, like, how many times I get tweets and emails and texts from friends saying, thank you for continuing to hammer the Fantasy Life app because I finally broke down. I finally said, all right, let me see what this is about. And now it's changed my life. I am telling you, it will make you a smarter fantasy player. It will make you a more informed football fan. It's 100% free. I encourage you to jump into the community. I encourage you to, uh, you can post polls or memes or gifts. You can get instant feedback on your team. You can compete. You know, our, our friends at Monkey Knife Fight are powering our compete tab. You can check that out as well. Like there's all sorts of great stuff happening in the Fantasy Life app. Um, and even if you don't want to go into the app, the alerts absolutely crush. So I encourage you again, it is 100% free. Why would you not try it? If it, if it stinks and I'm a liar, delete it after two days, but just give it a couple of days. And I promise you it'll change your life. Fantasy life app.com. Aaron Rodgers continues to throw the football to his running backs, which is where we are getting to Matthew. Aaron Jones is free. We've had that movement. It is now official. He is a star. He's got, I believe 12 total touchdowns already. He's but free. how about Jamal Williams, yeah. his counterpart in the backfield? Is he now a weekly flex consideration, Matthew, after two more touchdowns last night from Williams, including one of the most incredible throws by Aaron Rodgers for the second receiving touchdown? Do you he think he meant to throw touchdown. to Williams, or do you think he was trying to throw to Graham? Don't care. Just, I mean, it was unbelievable I don't even, way. Like, I don't even want, like, in my mind, he was trying to throw it to, to Jamal Williams, and if the if the reality is he wasn't trying to, I don't care. I will say, I thought when he threw the ball, I thought he was trying to throw it away. And then all of a sudden, Jamal Williams comes down with it. It was amazing. It was just a brilliant throw. I Go mean, check out the replay if you haven't yet seen it. 11 you know, touchdowns for Aaron Jones, by the way. But yes, Jamal Williams, again, awesome. From weeks eight, Matthew, week yeah. six through eight, excuse me, Aaron Jones is running back three with 67.9 points. Jamal Williams is running back five with 55.3 points. So right. we think we can start both of these guys because I do. You know, I think, I think Jones is our, is clearly an RB one, obviously. And I think Williams is a viable flex play. He's now caught a touchdown in three straight games. Jamal Williams has, if you, if you take out the week four game against the Eagles, you remember that the, I believe that was a Thursday night game and where Jamal Williams was injured on the first play. It looked ugly. He's averaging over 11 touches per game. And, and so you're telling me a guy is going to get, you know, double digit touches in a, you know, a run heavy ish offense that's going to score a lot, that's fairly efficient. Yes, giving the state of the running back position, I do believe Jamal Williams is absolutely flex worthy and somebody that you can start, uh, moving, you know, every week as a flex play, even if you have Aaron Jones. Right. I was going to say, that's actually a great backfield to have both players and play both players. Oh, by the way, like they play a lot on the same snaps. Like they play together a ton. Uh, it's clear that they've had to be very creative and resourceful in how they've been able to replace Devontae Adams. And probably, Matthew, to be clear, even at full health, like they still could use a better number two wide receiver in Green Bay, but they've done an excellent job of being resourceful in finding, like, let's worry less about what position these guys play. Let's just get our best players on the field that are currently healthy. And Jamal Williams is clearly one of the five best skill guys that Green Bay has. Weekly flex for me going forward. The only con- the only concern is their upcoming schedule. So they're at the Chargers this week. Okay, fine. That doesn't really scare you. 
But then home to Carolina, that's pretty good defense. Then they got a bye week. Yeah. Then they're at San Francisco. So that those week that 10, 11, 12 stretch there with Carolina at uh, Carolina bye week at San Francisco is not ideal. After the Niners, they get the Giants. However, and you love yeah, that. I'm, yeah, I, but I'm I'm still good I'm with more it. for. It's more for Jamal Williams than it is Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, you're obviously starting no-brainer. Yep. Um, have I have it. a question for you. Yeah. After last night, we talked about this on Fantasy Football Now. We talked about the War Room League. You traded Aaron Jones away. Yeah, of, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm super pumped that I traded him away, Matthew. Obvi- yeah, what do you think I'm going to say? Well, I'm curious. I am not trying to troll you. I'm legitimately well, not trying to troll you. What do you think the answer is? Do you think I'm happy I traded away Aaron Jones yesterday? Well, no, but I mean, like, I remember... Here's the thing. Like you knew he was going to have big games. Like you you didn't trade him away thinking he was a bad player. Of course not. No, we we tra- we traded away Aaron Jones for Odell Beckham Jr. because we have a running back surplus and right. a wide receiver shortcut. I had no issue with the trade by the way. This right. is not yeah. me trolling you. Like I said you to on air Friday uh Sunday morning that I thought it was a fine a perfectly fine fair trade. Okay. And I understand thing. I'm just curious if you have Regret on it, like you knew Aaron Jones was no, going. You know, like no nah. one thinks. No, that's what I'm saying. No, you like, know so something, I'm saying, Matthew. I'm actually. I'm. You know, I have no regret after the fact that Aaron Jones went off yesterday. <laughs> None. No, of course. I'm literally not trying. This is not. Try- I'm literally. Gen- so, I'm legitimately not trying to troll you. I'm just wondering when one guy had 37 <laughs> and the other guy had 10. How you feel about it? Well, no, but like Aaron Jones. Did Aaron Ashton. Jones have 41? Okay, oh, yes, sorry. 41. Did. I'm sorry. Yeah, he did. Sorry, I'm not. Maybe that doesn't help. By 31 points. Yeah, I'm super. You know, actually, I'm really pumped about it because you know something. The Browns played hard last night. They played hard, and I'm they super did. stoked about that. Yeah, I feel great. <laughs> is that the dumbest question you've ever asked? Uh, no, I don't think it is. I've I mean, asked much dumber about questions. You, Come on. I've asked my dumb yeah, dumber questions. I'm bummed that he okay. had a bad game. Well, our hope was... The, bummed the, this week, but it's still looking forward to the rest of the season. I, the where point hopefully OBJ. of the trade was yes. understanding right. that it was the worst matchup for OBJ yeah, of, of this season. But yes, obviously we're, we're bitter about the fact that OBJ had a bad game. Now, we're going to win our matchup. Great, sweet. But no, that's not like, yes, we want, we want this trade to work out. Right, obviously you do. My question wasn't, I swear to God, I wasn't trying to troll you on this. My question was merely going to be like, does your, you clearly had a perception of, in your mind, of Aaron Jones prior, making, when you yeah, made the trade. Awesome. What? That he's awesome. That he right. was awesome. Yeah. Of course. So like, I'm, whatever, he had a big game. I, I, I guess, I was just trying to say like, has your, va- has your, has your opinion, it was, I was trying to make a personal version of, has your opinion on Aaron Jones's value changed? That be, like, like, do you regret the trade in the sense that, like, because when you made the trade, it's not like you were like, I'm, I'm shipping off some damaged goods and I'm, I'm selling high and buying low. Like, you knew Aaron Jones was a talented player. And what we talked about on air yesterday was that it's a fair trade. It's a good running back for a good wide receiver. And so my question was, is, and you knew that he was going up against Gilmore and the Patriots. You didn't expect a big game from Beckham last night. So, or yesterday. So my question was, is that having seen, I'm not talking about the Beckham piece here. I was just having seen what you saw as your opinion on Aaron Jones traded. Like, would you have made all things being equal? Your team still has a surplus at running back. Your team still needs wide receiver depth or help at wide receiver. Would you make that trade again today? No, obviously not. He went crazy yesterday. <laughs> okay, but. But you wouldn't make that trade based on what happened this week. What about rest of like you still have a running back surplus rest I of hope, season? I, 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 I don't feel fine. like I'm trolling him. I'm legitimately asking I, this question. I understand Daniel? what you're saying. I agree. I understand what you're saying. It's it's a it is a sore point when a player puts up 41 points and you traded them away just before that game. Now you're going to win the game anyways, Field. Yeah, great, sweet. And, and, and again, the, yeah, I wish I had made the trade right now. Of course, right now, how I feel. right yes, now, you I wish you right hadn't now. made the trade, but. but you made the trade for weeks from now. So yeah, that's what. So why don't we evaluate in a few weeks? That's a good idea. Let's revisit <laughs> this conversation in three weeks. 
All right, we're coming back tomorrow with a breakdown of all things Steelers <laughs> and Dolphins. Of course, waiver wire pickups as well. More news, hopefully some trades as well. I can't believe, finally, Aaron Jones is free. There you go. Thank you, America. He is free. That's right. We are back tomorrow. Matthew He's... and I will be here breaking it all down. We could have some more trades to get, uh, to recap. Get your Adam Schefter notifications on, on Twitter. Also the Fantasy Life app, which will get you all the information you need right. about those players. In the meantime, let's see if Mark Walton can take that job and make it his own in the Miami Dolphins backfield. We are back on Tuesday. For Atfield Yates, I'm at Matthew Berry TMR. Peace out. He's Matthew Berry. He's Matthew Berry. He's Matthew Berry. Ha! You're in the 0610. Never gonna hustle in case you didn't know. Matthew Berry TMR. You, 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 you guys go ahead. Give me grief for being on Sports Center for 45 seconds. I think you could do better than me because I don't think you could. Jail bait. You're, you're, you're terrible at hashtag improv. At, 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 at field gates. At field gates. Stefania Bell. Oh, don't let Barry convert you. Secret Squirrel Daniel Dobb. Make, 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 make it happen. Mediocre fantasy advice. You're older than people realize. That never stops. Loyal 06010 listeners. Geico gets you access to licensed agents 24-7, which means that Geico is always there for you. If only everyone was always there for you, like your wife when you forget your keys at work. Hey, hon, you get my texts? I am looking for the spare house key. Hmm, maybe I can get through the window. Ah, <laughs> turns out the alarm works. <laughs> wow, <laughs> it, it works fast. <laughs> you, you, you should probably call me back. Geico, always there for you, with savings and 24-7 access to licensed agents.